Uh, you know, um, when I was growing up, uh, I always wore hand-me-downs because my family was pretty poor. So uh, I never had my own suit. I was always wearing one of my cousin's suits. And since my cousins are much bigger than I am, they're like 5'10", uh, they were always a little bit too big on me. But that was okay because in Philly, everybody liked to wear things baggy. <laughs> uh, but as I grew up and I, as I became the lead pastor here uh, and I had to start wearing suits each week, I went and got myself a couple t- custom-made uh, tailor suits through the advice of my brother Danny and Tay and others. Uh, I went and got custom-made suit, and uh, they're kind of expensive. They're not that expensive in Korea. They're actually a good price here. Um, but when I, when I wore it, man, I was like, I was like, yeah, this is the way, the way a suit is supposed to look. It's the way it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to, way it's supposed to uh, hang, and it felt real good. And then I was just thinking, maybe since this is Korea, in America, when I buy a suit off the rack, they were always just as big. So I thought since I'm in Korea and a lot of Korean ajushis are about my size, maybe if I buy some suits off the rack that which are much cheaper and they go on sale, maybe they'll fit me too. So I bought a few suits off the rack. And can I tell you right now, they do not fit quite like a custom-made tailor suit. So I've learned over the past two years, I love getting tailor-made suits. And then my next suit purchase, and every suit purchase, I think after that, I'm, I'm going to get a tailor-made suit. Amen. And I recommend every man of God in here to do the same. Now, I don't know if you've ever considered, but what you wear affects how you feel. If you wear a suit, you're going to feel professional and formal, like you're on your way to a wedding or interview. If you wear jeans and a t-shirt... You're going to feel like just chilling, just taking it easy. If you wear sweatpants and a sports jersey, all right, you're going to feel like you want to just go out there and play some sports. If you're wearing a dress and you're looking real good, you're going to want to take pictures with all your friends. You're not going to want to go out and play dodgeball, right? And if you wear something that's just too tight, you're going to feel fat all day. Because what you wear, it affects how you feel. Or if you wear loud colored blouses with crazy floral uh, prints on them, you're going to feel like an ajuma. You ever go go to the department store floor? There's one floor for ajumas. And all the blouses, they look the same. They're just crazy floral prints. I don't know who designed it, but they're making a lot of money. Um, What you wear affects how you feel. And every day we wake up, We make choices about what we're going to wear. And for the most part, all of us, we wear different clothes every day. Amen? I hope you do. (laughs) But did you know that there is an article of clothing that God wants us to wear at all times? And and I'm talking about your underwear, (laughs) There's an article of clothing God always wants you to wear, and that is called the garment of praise. And it's mentioned here in Isaiah 61, verse 3. It says, To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. In the King James Version, it says, Instead of a spirit of heaviness. Or in the NIV, it says, instead of a spirit of despair. So, what the Bible is saying is, the anointing comes upon us so that we can bestow upon people the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, despair, or a faint spirit. Now, I don't know, maybe I'll show of hands in here. How many of you in here have ever experienced a spirit of Heaviness of despair. Raise your right finger like this. You have experienced the spirit of heaviness in your lifetime. 
oh, I see a couple of joy, joyful people that are sitting there without their hands raised, but they do not have smiles on their faces. Okay, very good. All right, so most of us in here, we have experienced what we would describe as a spirit of heaviness. It's a horrible feeling. It's when everything you do, it feels futile or useless. The world seems dark, dull, boring, black and white. It feels like there's a cloud just following you around everywhere. That spirit of despair, the spirit of heaviness. You feel faint. You feel weak. You feel like a failure. And then when you can't get this spirit to lift off of you, when you can't get out of this funk and it lasts for over a month and it starts to affect your relationships, your job, your sleeping patterns, your health, soon you may find a doctor diagnosing you with clinical depression. Now, there's a lot of different reasons why a spirit of heaviness or despair can invade your life. You know, it, can, it can happen through the result of losing a loved one suddenly. Or through losing your job. Or through a mistake you made. Or through a mistake somebody else made and you got hurt or rejected. Spirit of heaviness can get in. And sometimes the spirit of heaviness can get in and attack you for no particular reason at all. You're just happy and rejoicing and you're just feeling great. And the next moment, spirit of heaviness. <laughs> what is going on? Did I eat something wrong? And sometimes there's no reason at all. We can't really figure it out. But brothers and sisters, no matter why or how the, heavy, the spirit of heaviness got in, the Bible is telling us clearly how to get it out. You get it out by putting on your garment of praise. Somebody say Amen. I want you to tell your neighbor that right now. That garment of praise looks great on you. Garment of praise. That's what you need. What you need is a garment of praise. Isaiah 61 talks about how the anointing of the Spirit of God, it comes upon us so that we can minister in the supernatural power, boldness, and wisdom of God. And then whenever we meet depressed people, it is telling us that we have the power to set them free from a spirit of despair by bestowing on them the garment of praise. You know, I've known of ministers who have testimonies of when people come up for an altar call and they look so depressed. They look so down. And then the minister gets led by the spirit not to lay hands. All they do is they just start singing over them a song of praise. And then that person who's all depressed and down, they start to laugh or to cry or to shake. But the Spirit of God comes upon them as that garment of praise clothes them and lifts off that spirit of heaviness. Now, once that spirit of heaviness lifts off, it can always come back. And it's up to you what you're going to do with that. Right? The point is not just to Set you free is to keep you free. A lot of people, you know, they're, they're get free. They're get free. They'll feel better. How do you feel? Oh, I feel so much lighter. A week later, they come back depressed. Okay, it's because of what they did with it. They didn't do nothing with it. When you get a garment of praise, you got to do something with it. That's why it's called a garment of praise. You got to praise. Whenever we meet depressed people, we have the anointing of God upon us to bestow on them a garment of praise. But where we are called to minister to others in this way, sometimes we need to do this for ourselves. Amen. Yes. Sometimes we get that heaviness on ourselves when we're feeling heavy. We need to take a vice and we need to learn how to put on the garment of praise for ourselves every day. You know, if someone asked you, why do you come to church? How would you answer? How would you answer them? Why do you come to church? To check out the cuties? To eat free snacks? What is your motive, people? Why do you come to church? How would you answer them? Well, you know, most of us will probably answer 
I come to church to worship the Lord. Amen. What a great answer. I come to worship the Lord. But I remember when I was a college student, I went to a passion event and Louis Giglio was doing a seminar for worship leaders. And I remember this very distinctly. He said, worship leaders, don't come to church to worship. I was like, huh? What are you supposed to do? He said, don't come to church to worship. You need to come to church worshiping. You know, and in this sense, a lot of people, they show up to church every single week naked. Come on, somebody. Every single week you show up naked. They put on their garment of praise when they're here on Sunday. But then they take it off and they leave it here. And they go the rest of the week naked. And every time we see you, welcome to church. You are naked. It's almost like you gotta, you gotta like... Get that spirit of heaviness off every single week because you're just coming in to worship. But I'm telling you right now, you got to come to church worshiping. Amen. Don't just put on your garment of praise on Sunday to learn how to wear it every day, moment by moment. Yeah. Every day is a good day to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. You know, we depend on Hillsong and Hillsong United or Passion to write these fabulous praise songs for us. But let me tell you something right now. You have an ability to sing a new song to the Lord yourself. It may not sound good. Nobody will ever record it and you never get to sell it. But look, it delights the heart of God. That's what we got to do. We got to learn how to put on the garment of praise. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess His name. The fruit of lips. What does that mean? Do you guys have fruit coming off your lips that I don't know nothing about? The fruit of lips. What does that mean? Proverbs twelve fourteen says, From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things. What's that talking about? The fruit of lips is talking about the words that are coming out of your mouth and through your lips. That's the fruit of your lips is the words that come out of your mouth. And Hebrews 13, 15 tells us that the fruit of lips that confess his name, the fruit that comes forth from a mouth that continually confesses the name of Jesus, that fruit is the sacrifice of praise. And the Bible is telling us to continually lift up that sacrifice. And Proverbs twelve fourteen is saying that a man can be filled with good things in his life if he will learn to employ the fruit of his lips. If you will learn to sow in positive words of healing, words of hope, words of life, words of encouragement, you sow that in, the Bible is saying you will enjoy good things. You eat the fruit of your own lips. You tell your wife all kinds of mean, nasty things, well, you will eat the fruit of, her, of your lips. Joe and Mo, Mo and Julianne, Joe and Mo. Joe and Mulian. <laughs> Mo and Julian just got married yesterday. Let me tell you about the Spirit of God, Mo. You can enjoy good things if you will learn to use the fruit of your lips. And if you got nothing good to say, just shut your mouth. And I want to make something clear here. The Bible ain't telling us to offer a sacrifice of praise silently and in your head. The Bible is making it clear. You got to use your lips. You got to speak it out. Christianity is called the great confession for a reason. You know, um, when we used to have the church office at my apartment, Pastor Marcus, he would... Uh, be he would be working and doing administrative work in the office and sometimes he would go into the restroom and he'll just start praising God and I'm thinking he's doing his business and you know if he wants to praise God you know so be it but no he would just go in there not to do anything except just to praise the Lord and in the winter our bathroom is so cold 
he had to take the space radiator in with him. And I'll be in there with the radiator because he knew he was going to be in there in a while. He'd just be praising the Lord. The more I seek you, you know, Mark is just, he's got a voice. And sometimes I'll just be doing my administrative work on my computer. He'll start singing and I'll just start feeling chills. I'll be like, whoa, the spirit of God is something there. And Marcus, he knows how to put on the garment of praise. He has learned, man. He has gone through some tough stuff in his life. And the way he's gotten through that tough stuff, he's praised his way out. You know, something that I, well, some of you notice about New Philadelphia churches, we're a little bit African-American. Thomas, I see that grin. Look, we are African-American. Look. You know, when I was growing up, I would watch Hollywood movies, and they would always feature, like, African-American Baptist churches. And these Baptist churches, you would always be people, like, singing, you know, Beyonce singing up on the stage and with the choir and being so expressive, man. Everyone had a garment of praise on. And I remember growing up thinking, all Baptist churches must be like that. Until I went to a white Baptist church. And then I realized not all Baptist churches are like that. In fact, the Southern Baptists, so a lot of them are cessationists. So they were like really religious and really kind of rigid sometimes. And very legalistic. But man, something about African American Baptists or just African American churches in general. There's something special. There's something about freedom in that place. And it's it's so strong, I think, in the African-American church. I think it's spilled over into African-American culture. Think about just African-American culture. We're not talking African culture. We're talking African-American culture. African-American culture has so much freedom, expression. And I really believe it's the result of the African-American church having put on their garments of praise. They've created an environment of freedom. And it just leaked over. You know, think of it this way. I have never seen a praise concert on MTV. Have you, any of you seen white people singing praise on Sunday morning on MTV? You never see it. But on BET, you see it all the time. <laughs> How... I'm telling you, it's because if you think about, if you really think about what African Americans have to go through in America, through all the slavery, through all the racism, through all the segregation, you will see a people that really know how to value freedom. The Bible exhorts us to continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. In other words, put on your garment of praise. Put it on and keep it on. And give God the praise that he's due. Now what does it mean to continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise? Continually. Does that mean that you're like talking to a stranger on the street and then you're hallelujah. And hi, nice to meet you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, like, <laughs> is that continuing? You, know, you look like a freak. Okay, no. It's not what... The, the Bible saying I, continually means the best picture I can think of in the Bible of continually offering to God a sacrifice of praise is my brother Job. You know, in one day, Job lost all of his belongings and all of his children. In one day. It's almost like the same hour, actually. Because one guy's coming and be like, your house just burned down. Another guy's coming. While he's saying that, another guy comes. Your children just died. And then another guy comes over. You lost all your finances. All, and some, some, some army came and took away all your sheep. And it's just all within, not even one, one, one day, one hour. Job lost everything. But if you read in Job chapter 1 verse 21, this is what Job said. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, but may the name of the Lord be praised. Hallelujah. You want to talk about continually offering to God a sacrifice of praise? Look at my brother Job. Continually means giving God praise, putting on that garment of praise, even when you don't have a reason to. Even with every reason 
that you did have that is taken away from you, you still praise God. That's continually. And let me tell you something about Job. He says here, naked I came, naked I will depart. You know, everything was so taken away and so quickly taken away from Job, he felt naked. That's why he said naked, naked, naked. But you see, one thing that Job refused to take off was his garment of praise. He was not truly naked. He had his garment of praise on. And he praised God in the pain. He praised God among all the mourning that he was suffering through. Yeah, a lot of people, they think that we, we ought to praise God after we get what we have asked of him. And some people may refuse to really praise God until God gives them a reason to. They come Sunday, sometimes they're just like, I'm not singing. Lord, give me a reason, I'll sing. And they're just waiting for God to do something. They don't praise God until they have a reason to. But brothers and sisters, we need to learn how to praise God even when we can't even think of a particular reason. Amen? Amen. We need to learn how to put on the garment of praise before, as, and after we get what we've asked of Him. And that's why I believe that God had us do the praise rally before the Niagara Conference. We didn't do it afterwards just to be like, praise God for all the wonderful things at the conference. I believe God set us up to do it two weeks before just to be like, praise God, praise God. I, don't, I know that, you know, we, we were expecting a mighty outpouring and we saw God moving, but it was, it was a trickle compared to maybe what some of us had expected and some of us have been fasting for. I fasted 21 days for this. You know, I know there, there was some, a little bit of disappointment. <laughs> praise Natalie was good, but it wasn't that good, right? But brothers and sisters, we, we pressing in for more. And as we're pressing in, Satan attacks, different attacks, and we missed it, and we couldn't, we couldn't get the breakthrough we needed. It's all right. We still praise God. Yeah. Even if Niagara Conference ends up being four days of nothingness, we will still praise God. Yeah. But God and I will have a talk, though. <laughs> we'll have a long talk. We got to learn how to praise God before we have what we asked of him. Uh, a few weeks ago, our core leaders in the church, we drafted nine core values that we felt like defined our church identity, what we're about, and where we're headed. Nine core values. And we're going to share it with uh, the entire church real soon. Some of the people taking membership class today will get a preview. Um, but one of those nine core values is be extravagant in worship. If you notice in here, when people worship, people praise, they're pretty extravagant. One of the newcomers said the, uh, this past week, they said, New Philly Church is like going to a retreat every week. And shoot, you know what? I've been to some good retreats. But man, you feel like it's got, got it going on up in this place. I would choose to praise God here on this Sunday. If I had a choice, I would, I would choose to praise God here at Hillside over going to some other conference, big name retreat. Even Bill Johnson's there. And we went to one where Bill Johnson was in, in, in October. And the praise was a little bit flat compared to what we got going up in here. I mean, the old people loved it. Because the old people, they you know, were coming out of the hymns. So they were like, whoa, this is great. But man, Aaron and I were like, this is flat. Where's the freedom? Where, where's, where's the, where's the, you know? It was good, but it wasn't that good. You guys are blessed here. The praise that gets birthed and lifted up to, to heaven every single week. It is a picture of people that are being extravagant in praise. Extravagant in worship. But I'll tell you right now, people learn to worship and praise God like this as they learn to continually put on their garment of praise throughout the week. See, they don't just, they're not just all like, you know, praising God, really boring during the week. And then they show up, yeah, praise God. No, see, they're, they're doing that every day. They're wearing that garment. And then when they come on, on Sunday, it just feels natural. They feel unashamed. Hallelujah. But, you know, instead of a garment of praise, a lot of people put on other garments. They put on the garment of anxiety. 
the garment of grumbling. I don't like this. I don't like that. They put on the garment of self-pity. Oh, poor me. How come all these people are praising God, but they're not considering me? I'm, I'm serious. That's what some people wear up in this piece. Some girls, they be wearing the hater dress. They put on that hater dress. Don't talk to me. You don't know me. Why don't you praise? I'll praise God the way I want. I've got to praise God like that in order for me to praise God. I just got that hater dress on. People be wearing all kinds of garments. Brothers and sisters, if this is you, you are wearing the wrong clothes. Just look at it. It, 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 those garments, they don't even look good on you. And and you're hoping to get married, they're not even attracting the opposite gender, by the way. I'm just being real. I'm just being real. If you would take off that garment and put on some garment of praise, you get some brothers lined up and be like, yeah! Take it off. Those colors don't match. The fabric's cheap. I put on the garment of praise. Hallelujah. And I'll spit the truth here. When you get a garment of praise, it's normally too big for people. Because garment, the garment of praise comes in only one size. Extra, extra large. Because God don't want no small garments of praise. He wants people wearing some big garments. It only comes in one size. So some people, when they first try it on, they feel awkward because it's just too big. They see other people wearing it, but they, when they wear it, they're just like, oh, this doesn't fit me. Oh, maybe it's not for me. And then they take it off. And instead of putting it on, every week they come and they just watch others put it on. And then they get depressed because they can't seem to have the same passion and joy as others. And they think that God is touching them in a particular way because of particular things and they can't figure it out. And they're just getting more and more angry and more and more resentful. You see, the, the secret with the garment of praise is you got to grow into it. It doesn't shrink to fit to you. You grow so if you fit to it. The garment of praise is supposed to be big and large and loud and, well, not always loud, but, but big. Worship and praise that is worthy of his name. And we got to grow into it. So how do you grow into the garment of praise? I'm going to give you three truths here today, three wisdoms. How to grow into the garment of praise. Number one comes from Ephesians 5, verse 18 through 19. If you have a Bible, turn there with me. Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 19. How do you grow into the garment of praise? Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit... And a lot of times we think there's a period there. But by the way, it's a comma. Let's keep reading. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. Hallelujah. You want to grow into your garment of praise? You got to number one, you got to get filled with the Spirit of God. If you look back in Isaiah, it's talking about the anointing of the Spirit. And that, when that anointing comes on you, you're able to bestow it to others. But check it out. If, you don't, if you're not filled with the Spirit of God yourself, you can't bestow no garment of praise on others. You need to get it for yourself. And a lot of times, you know, the Spirit of God, if you think about it, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of worship. Amen? Amen. And Jesus said true worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And there's a lot of evangelicals, they're really good at worshiping God in truth. But they're really weak in worshiping God in spirit and really knowing what that means. And if you want to worship God in spirit and in truth, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. You need to be baptized by the Spirit of God. 
When that anointing of his spirit comes on you, that's when you are clothed with the garment of praise. That's when you get access to that garment of praise. That's when you come up and show up on Sunday, you start to praise God in a way that you never praised God before. You know, when you aren't filled with the spirit, when you haven't had that experience and you haven't really sought after it, or maybe you sought after it, but you gave up too quick and you never really got it, you still know you don't have it, but you've just given up, you feel like it's not for you, which is a lie of the devil. When you aren't filled with the Spirit and you come and you try to praise God, it don't matter how, how on fire the whole room is. If you ain't filled with the Spirit of God, it would just feel like you're singing songs. But I'll tell you right now, when you get filled with the Spirit of God and you praise, it's not like you're singing songs. It feels like water is just flowing out of you. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That, that could pertain to a lot of things. And one of them is praise. And what people, people are like, man, how do those people, I, I just admire them. They love God so much. They lift their hands. They sing real loud. They're very expressive and free. I wish I was like them. Look, God wants you to be like them too. But you need to get what they have, which is the spirit of the living God. It's not that they got more teaching than you. It's not that they are more enlightened than you. It's not that they've been a Christian longer than you. It's that they've been filled with the Spirit and you haven't. It's because they didn't give up and they continue to press in and you didn't. So look, my, on my own journey of being filled with the Spirit, it was a long journey. I'll tell you something right now. I never gave up. You know, it's funny. I got baptized by the Spirit at Brooklyn Tabernacle Church back in 2005. And God very distinctly, prophetically, precisely, he pointed to that day. He used Brother Michael's prophecy and said, you will go to a church where the gifts of a spirit are in operation. And you will be baptized in the Spirit and you will speak in tongues. I mean, I mean, God made it real clear to me. Way before I went to the service, I went to the service and then the guy happened to be like, oh, I'm not preaching the message that I prepared tonight. I'm preaching about the baptism of the Spirit. And you know, it was all God. But even after I got baptized by the Spirit that night, I felt like there was more. And I'm, it's because I'm a little, I'm, I'm not as uh, sensitive as my wife or as some of the people in this room, you know. And so, you know, even when a strong, anointed man of God prays for me, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like start shaking and crying. Like, sometimes I cry. Hallelujah. I do cry. <laughs> I love it. I love it when I cry because I know it takes a lot for me to cry. So when you, if you ever see me crying, the Holy Spirit's flowing in the room. But, but I, 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 just, I just, I was like, this is it. And I knew there was more. So I didn't give up. I kept pressing in. And you know what? God wasn't like, hey, you got it already. Stop asking for me. No, he gave me more. He gave me more. And he filled me up with more. And my praise went from like, you know, sometimes I would sing loud because I was frustrated with the room. You ever do that when you're in youth group and you're like policing everybody and you're like, why aren't you praising? (laughs) You give and take away. You give and take away. You ever do that? I used to do that all the time. I will praise God louder just because I was angry with my neighbors for not praising God. But I, I I went from that place to a place where I was so filled with the Spirit of God, I didn't know where I was. Tears falling down my cheeks, singing. I don't even know if I'm singing the right key and singing the right lyrics, but I'm just flowing like water. just flooding out of me as a Spirit of God communing with my spirit. You got to get filled with the Spirit of God if you want to grow into your garment of praise. If you have not gotten baptized in the Spirit or you got... A baptism in the spirit that you feel like, that was good, but I want more. I encourage you, keep pressing in for more. You got the fire, you went down hard. Well, press in more, you'll go down harder. You want more fire, God will give you more fire. Look at the sun. You think God can't give you more fire? Look at the sun. That thing is hot. And by the way, it's not burning out. Scientists think it's actually getting hotter. I don't actually, is that right? Actually, uh, let me take that back. I'm not sure if that's right. <laughs> but man, God can give you more if you ask him for it. 
you got to get filled with the Spirit of God. And sometimes, in order to fill a vessel, you got to empty the vessel. If you got all these distractions, you got all these secret sins you don't want to let go of, you got all these romantic relationships that you don't want to bring into the light of God, if you're not willing to empty yourself and surrender and repentance, you can come up to as many altar calls as you want. And you can get it. You can get. You can get the most powerful men of God, Ronnie Howard Brown, Randy Clark, and they can all lay hands on you. Ain't nothing going to happen for you. Okay. Sometimes it does. God will just break through anyway because God's just like that. God's like, I'm God. I'm breaking in. But, but he doesn't do that all the time. A lot of times you got to come and empty yourself. And when you empty yourself, he'll fill you. When you hunger for him, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they will be filled. It's a principle that is at work in the spirit realm. So you want to get filled with more, you got to press in for more. That's how you grow into your garment of praise. Number two, you get filled with the word of God. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. You want to grow into your garment of praise, you got to get filled with the word of God. You got to study it, you got to read it, and you got to memorize it. You want to be filled, you want, the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you, richly. A lot of times the word of God is going through us, but it doesn't dwell in us until we take the effort to memorize it, to meditate on it. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of baby Christians will look at a text and be like, oh, it's not speaking to me. Next. But as you grow, what you notice yourself doing is, this is not speaking to me. Instead of saying next, you go deeper. (laughs) Deeper. Let me try memorizing it. And as you memorize it, as as it dwells in you, one day you're in the church or you're on the missions field and you're just doing your thing. All of a sudden God says, revelation, breathes upon that word you memorize. And you're like, wow, that's what that passage meant. You know how many experiences I've had like that? Because I took time to memorize and get filled with the Word of God. When you get filled with the Word of God, you will grow into your garment of praise. Jesus said, out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. Well, if you want to come into, into the praise time, you know, sometimes Pastor John here, he loves to do the heart and bowl thing. And he, he's, just, he's just singing songs and he's leading the songs and you see the lyrics. And all of a sudden, he'll just back up. And it'll be like, yeah, hallelujah. And just, uh, you're like, what lyrics is he singing? And you're like, you can't figure it out. And then you notice everybody's doing that. You're like, what is wrong with this church? They don't sing the same lyrics. Okay, what's happening is everyone's just singing a new song. It's biblical. It's beautiful. But, you know, some people, some people when they're trying to sing a new song, they, they, get, they get stuck. They get stuck because they, they run out of creativity. And some of us, we're just not as creative as others. That's just a minute. Sometimes we're not creative. So we're like, yeah, Lord, uh, I praise you for your majesty. Wait, that's a, that's, that's a song. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry for plagiarizing, Lord. I may make a new song. New song. Um, Blessed be your name. Wait, that's a song too. And you're just not creative. And you're trying to sing a new song to the Lord. Here's a great idea. Just sing scripture back to him. Because actually, Matt Redmond, Chris Tomlin, they're all plagiarizing out of scripture. All those song lyrics that you think are great up there that you thought you, they wrote, they didn't. The Spirit of God wrote it. Just sing scripture back to him. And the only way you can sing scripture really back to him in, in a time where you haven't really, you know, spontaneous, is to have it memorized. Great places like Revelation. Revelation, I think it's chapter, chapter 4. What is it? Yeah, chapter 4. Man, that's a great passage. Just, just take any, pass, any text or verse from Revelation 4 and 5, and you'll be praising the Lord at a whole new level. Or you can memorize Psalm verse, uh, chapter 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, 
My heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And to seek Him in His temple. When you get these Psalms, Psalm 91 is another great one just to memorize. And when you have those spontaneous times of praise when Pastor John Newfield just backs up, get Psalm 27 ready. Get Psalm 91 ready. Get Revelation 4 and 5 ready. Just take one or little bits and pieces and get it ready in your, cell, in your soul. Get it ready in your mind. And then, and then when it starts to happen, you just sing it back to God. You'll grow into that garment of praise real quick. You know, God loves your creativity. But the real truth is, God loves his creativity. But it really comes from him anyway. So you really just sing his words back to him. He loves it. it. Never gets old for him. As long as it comes out of a fresh heart. How do you grow into your garment of praise? Number three. Make your praise louder than your pride. Make your praise louder than your pride. King David said, I will be, I will celebrate before the Lord and I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. In this instance in the scriptures, King David in a parade, think Macy's Day parade, like a huge parade. He was at the beginning, was at the front of the parade with the ark. And as that thing was coming into Jerusalem, David praised God with all of his might. He praised louder than, he made his praise louder than his pride. And he praised God so hard, his clothes were falling off. And he wasn't just any dude off the street. He was the king. Everybody's looking. And they're like, whoa, David's muscular. Oh, oh King David, no. He's just praising God. Praising God. And there's something about what David did. Because you see, David was a man anointed by the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit of God came upon with power. If you read the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms were authored by David in the place of praise. There's a prophetic Spirit that came upon him. And, and, and whenever the Spirit of God came on him, he would, he would do things... And he would praise in a way that was louder than his pride. And there's something about that that we need to get inside of us. If you want to grow into your garment of praise, that little extra, extra large garment of praise that you're still not used to, try praising louder than your pride. What is your pride? What is about your dignity and pride that's so important to you anyway? We're not in a youth group anymore. Don't worry. Nobody's looking over and, being, and trying to get you to sing, okay? Hopefully that's not what's happening here. It's just you and God. God's got his eye on you. What is it about your pride that you can't let go and just praise him? What, what, what is it about your dignity that you can't cry in front of some strangers next to you? That, by the way, if you do cry, they'll be blessed. They'll be like, oh, wow, this is a good service. That's, my neighbor's crying. <laughs> Spirit of God's all over here. Oh, Pastor Christian's crying. Oh, Spirit of God's definitely here. <laughs> but what is it about your pride that you can't cry in front of? You can't just let loose and just praise the Lord. If you got a voice, use it. If you don't got a voice, use it softer. <laughs> but use it. Praise the Lord and praise Him louder than your pride. As you do these things, these three things, you get filled with the Spirit, you get filled with the Word, you get... You make your praise louder than your pride. You will grow into your garment of praise. And anytime a spirit of heaviness, despair, depression tries to, or fear tries to rest on you, it will just lift right off the moment you start praising God. Brothers and sisters, you never have to go naked again. You know, 
why some people don't praise God undignified and they don't praise God with all their hearts in the, in the house of God. One, they're not filled with the Spirit. Well, you should get filled with the Spirit. I hope with that a lot. But even people who get filled with the Spirit, they kind of still go back to their old ways. And they just kind of get real reserved and they just get, they just feel like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it today. You know, you know, you know why, you know why people do that? It's, it's the effects of the Garden of Eden. There's still like feelings of shame. Like, I, I, I don't want to do that here. There's feelings of embarrassment and shame. But uh, check this out. Let me end the service. Let me end the message like this. You're not naked anymore. You're not naked anymore. You have garments of righteousness. You have garments of praise. You not only have garments, God gives you the armor of God so that you can go into warfare, mighty warriors. And that's another message. But you don't ever have to go naked again. Because in order for you to get these garments, somebody had to pay a price to purchase it for you. And I'll tell you right now, Luke 23, 34. The Bible says, they cast lots to divide his garments. You see, let me explain something right now. The crucifixion was not an efficient execution method. People think the crucifixion was an execution method, like the lethal injection or electric chair. No, it wasn't. The cross was not a form of execution. If you study Roman history, the crucifixion was not an efficient means to kill you. The crucifixion was an efficient means of using torture and shame to keep the crime rate low. If we brought back the uh, crucifixion into America, crime rates would drop all over the cities. So in other words, what most movies about the cross will never show you is Jesus is probably crucified naked. Does that make you uncomfortable? That the king of glory... shamefully crucified naked on the cross for you. What is it about your pride you're holding on to when the king of glory lowered himself and was ridiculed, spat on, and looked upon with great shame and was naked on the cross so that you can be clothed with garments of praise and righteousness. What is so valuable about your dignity that you can't give God, you can't give Jesus, the Son of God, praise for what He had to pay for to get you your garment of praise? His garment was stripped. He was stripped so that new garments will be made accessible to you. He was clothed, in fact, not just naked. He was clothed in sin and shame so that you can be clothed in grace and righteousness. And when the guards stripped Christ of his garment and crucified him, the Bible says the Father Stripped off the garment off the temple of God. There was a curtain that divided the rest of the temple from what was called the most holy place or the holy of holies. And when Jesus was stripped naked and he died on that cross, the Bible says there was an earthquake and the garment that was on the temple was also torn off. These are some amazing truths that I'm trying to touch upon right now. So that now we can enter into the most holy place. The place that only high priests were allowed to go into once a year. We're allowed to go into that place with confidence and freedom. Any time of the week, any day we want. We can go in through Jesus. Jesus was stripped of his garment. 
so that you can be clothed with a garment of praise. This is good news. This means no matter what you go through on earth, you can always give God the praise. You know, Jesus was known as the line of the tribe of Judah. Which is where we get the word Jews. Judah, Jews. Judaism. But you know what Judah really means in the Hebrew? Judah. You know what that means? It means praise. Jesus was born in the line of praise. He is the line of the tribe of praise. Of Judah. The Jews were a people of praise. Brothers and sisters, where the Jews perhaps didn't fulfill the identities for which God had destined them. He's raising up a people right now at this hour. He's raising up a people by pouring out a spirit upon them. He's raising up a people that are a people of praise. Do you want to be a people of praise? Then we got to put on the garment of praise. The garment of Judah. The garment of Judah. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to ask the worship team right now. Come up. And we're just going to sing a song of praise. And we're going to minister to the Lord for a moment, if you don't mind. And I'm going to give everybody in this room an opportunity right now to put on a garment of praise. From wherever you are, even if, you're, if you haven't experienced the baptism of the Spirit, that's all right. You put on the garment of praise the way you know how. But in this place right now, I want everyone, as we sing this song, put on their garment of praise. And to give praise to the Lion of the tribe of Judah. To give praise to the one who was stripped naked, crucified. So that we can sing his praises for all of eternity. Come on, as far as up.